Hi, my name is Luke Piva, uh, and I teach biblical studies over at Christ Presbyterian Academy. Today, uh, my text is John 4, a very hopefully familiar text, but a, a beloved text for many Christians. Uh, and it is the, the Samaritan woman at the well. And uh, I want to look at this. There's so much we can do here. This is the longest single conversation between Jesus and anyone recorded in Scripture. Uh, but I want us to focus in on, on two particular uh, lenses as we look at this. One, how should we imitate Jesus? And then two, how can we not imitate Jesus? And, and wh what is evangelism like as we, as we look through this? Uh, for, the, for the first half... Uh, I want us to see two things. One, uh, looking at the world as Jesus looks at the world. Our goal in imitating Jesus, to look at the world as Jesus imitates or looks at the world. Uh, and then keeping our focus on Jesus as we do this, as we do evangelism like him, to imitate him would, would be to keep our focus on him. Uh, I want to start, if you, I encourage you to read along, uh, verses 1 through 26. Luke, or sorry, excuse me, John chapter 4, verses 1 through 26. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. It, that is a lot. That is rich, full 
of uh, truth we could draw from it. And I just want us to focus on two right now. And in, in, in the idea of imitating Jesus in terms of, of bringing his gospel to other people. First point, uh, we must see the world as Jesus saw it. We must see the world as Jesus saw it. Verse four, he had to go through Samaria. No, he didn't. This is the son of God in flesh. He can walk on water. He can part water. He did not have to go through Samaria. Uh, also, uh, as the, the woman at the well tells us, there's, there's no reason for a Jewish man to be talking to a Samaritan woman. The Jews made it a point to go around Samaria. They wanted nothing to do with Samaria. There were well-traveled roads and paths. Jesus did not have to go to Samaria, not by human standards. Uh, but as I heard one pastor put it, he had to go to Samaria because his will and his kingdom demanded it. He had to go to Samaria because he had sheep in Samaria who were lost and needed a shepherd. And so he went. Uh, and that's what uh, uh, that's how we need to imitate Jesus in evangelism. We need to go where the sheep are. Uh, I don't know where that is for you. Uh, it, it's the people God has put in your life, it's the communities and the needs God has put around you and opened your eyes to, but we've got to go. If we're going to be like Jesus, our primary objective needs to be uh, gathering his flock and, and worshiping together. The, uh, the great commandment is, is if nothing, it's, it's a summary of the whole law of God according to Jesus. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, what could be more in line with that than worshiping God by proclaiming his truth and loving your neighbor by gathering together with him under that truth? Uh, we need to go. We have to go. We should see the world as Jesus sees the world. There's no human barriers for Jesus. There's no borders. There's no languages. There's no human identity markers that Jesus interacts with as some sort of barrier. When Jesus sees the world, he sees those who have peace with God through him and those who need peace with God through him. And that's how we've got to see the world. And when we see it that way, we've got to go live like that's true. Uh, there are no longer Jews and Samaritans. There are no longer Greeks and barbarians. There are no longer rich or poor. Um, one way, there's no longer Nicodemus and the woman at the well. Uh, we, we've come to Nicodemus previously in John chapter 3 in these studies, and it's beautiful that God has put these stories back to back. Uh, Nicodemus was in, in, in. Uh, he, was a, he was a man. He was a powerful man in a culture that loved powerful men. He was from the right race. He was Hebrew. He, he knew what he was talking about. He was well-educated in the Hebrew scriptures, and yet he needed the gospel. And she was out, out, out. She was a woman. She doesn't get a name. She was from Samaria. She was despised by her own people for her sins. She was out, out, out. If anyone should not have been offered the gospel, if it had anything to do with human identity, it would have been her. And I love the way Sinclair Ferguson puts this. We get to see Nicodemus and the woman at the well back to back so that we can see that no one is beyond need of the gospel. 
And no one is beyond the reach of the gospel. The gospel is for everyone. So we need to imitate Christ and see the world in truth. There are brothers and sisters in Christ from every tribe, nation, and tongue, and they are our brothers and sisters. And there are fellow image bearers of God who, like we once were, need peace with God through Jesus Christ. And we get the privilege to bring that to them. This should be our heart of evangelism. Uh, Second, in this section, uh, we want to imitate Christ by keeping the focus on Christ. Uh, this, This sharp, wise as a serpent woman at the well tries many different ways to get the conversation not to be about her and Jesus. Uh, And Jesus gently, but in truth and in love, continually redirects the conversation to him and the living water of hope that he is bringing. Uh, She is culturally savvy. She doesn't want to do it. Hey, what are you doing here, Jewish man? I'm a Samaritan woman. Go away. When that doesn't work, she's witty. (laughs) How are you going to get this living water you speak of, Jewish man? You don't have anything to draw water with. Go away. And when he calls her in truth on her sin, she's theologically savvy and she's quick-witted. She's uh, quick-thinking, right? Uh, All her other attempts to be left alone have failed. And so, hey, how about that... uh, how about that big theological debate we have going on? Where should we worship, right? No, no, none of this personal you and me. Let's just talk about vague, general theological debates that are happening, because I don't want you. And, and it all fails because Jesus does not give up on his people. And if we want to serve God in evangelism like Jesus, uh, we need we too need to redirect everything back to Christ. I am the, uh, I'm the heavyweight champion of Pyrrhic victories. I have won many, many arguments about many different things and left nothing but ashes in, in my wake. I have, uh, I have accomplished nothing by being very successful in winning a wide range of arguments. Uh, and that is not what an ambassador of Christ is here for. Uh, if we want to imitate Jesus, we need to point people to Jesus and see the world as he sees it. Are we gentle and lowly and desire to give the water of life that we have tasted to other people? Or do we need to be right about a cultural point or a worship style point or, or whatever it is? What's the most important thing we have to say if it's not about Jesus Christ and life in him? We are not imitating him. For the second half, I want to sum up. uh, I could sum up my second half points that I like to make as uh, we aren't Jesus, but he is. Uh, We should be striving to imitate Jesus and be conformed to his image in everything we do. Uh, It is one of the objectives of life in Christ to be more like him every day. But part of doing that it's necessary to remember that we will never actually be him at a certain point. It just needs to be him. Uh, and and we, I, we see this in 27 through 42. Just then his disciples came back. They, they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? 
they went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. And this is uh, just the most beautiful part. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe. For we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world. This, I love this passage. I picked this passage and I've, I've never fully appreciated, like I've appreciated studying this for this lesson. Um, what we just witnessed, the Bible is a factual account of eternal reality. And we just got to see a whole town come to Jesus. These people will be in heaven with us. I hope, I hope, I just kept reading this over and over and just, just amen. Hallelujah. I heard a preacher call this chapter, and I love it. He called it the Samaritan Revival. I have that written in my Bible now. This is the Samaritan Re Revival. We have to remember that our imitation of Jesus can only go so far. The point is to bring people to Jesus. We are not the water of life. We cannot save souls, but Jesus does. We need to remember that evangelism at its core is bringing people to the one who can save the disciples? Uh, God loved them. They're such an encouragement. Uh, they never really got this until after uh, until until the book of Acts. We don't see them really fully get it. Right. Um, they come to Jesus and get into the same petty sidetracked arguments as the woman at the well. Uh, have you had, we need to get logistics on lunch handled here. What are you doing? Are we talking to Samaritan women now? What is going on? The, the disciples are lost. And, uh, and it's beautiful because the, the Samaritan woman's been a Christian for about two minutes and she gets it. The great commission has not been written yet. And she knows it because she knows her savior. She has tasted something so good that all she can think about is giving it to other people. I, I look for, like they ask those lists, like who do you want to meet in heaven? And like, I'd like to have, you know, I'd like to have theological discussions with Paul. And I, I mean, Noah was probably an interesting guy, uh, but man, I want people, I want to meet the Samaritan woman who just puts her jar down, turns around and marches off to town to go bring people to Jesus. That is amazing. She put her water jar down. Uh, she put her shame down. She put her guilt down. She put her self-obsession down. It wasn't about her anymore. She was filled up by the love of Christ, and she went to give it to other people. She left everything at God's feet to go bring more people to taste the goodness of Jesus. The heart 
of evangelism is to be so full of the love of Christ that it spills into other people's life and you bring them to Him because it's Him who saves. She didn't go to rub it in anybody's face. You should have been nicer to me. Like, you're wrong to judge me. She didn't go in shrinking shame to just hide out on her own and enjoy her private salvation and just try and make the rest go away. She went proclaiming the good news and it worked. It works. How terrifying must that have been for her to march into town? She goes to the well in the middle of the day so she doesn't have to be around other people because she's having those kinds of issues. And she marches straight into town and tells him, come see the man who told me everything. She doesn't make excuses for what he told her about her. She just says, you need this. Come see this. Come have this gift of life. Uh, and it works. And that's our, that's our last point I want to make. Um, is just encouragement. Evangelism works because God is God. We do the simple instructions He gave us with the circumstances He puts in front of us. Every soul He puts in front of us, we go out and we be who He made us to be in His image. And we, we proclaim Him. And He does all the impossible parts. He's the one who makes dead hearts alive. He's the one who makes blind people see. He's the one who makes deaf people hear. He's the one who makes cripple people get up and walk. He does the impossible stuff. Don't you worry. All you got to do is take the joy and love and strength from him that he supplies you in endless supply. It's never going to run out. Come to him for all of it, all of the time and go out and proclaim him and he'll do all the miracles. It will be beautiful. Uh, and, and, and this is the, the word of God does not return void. We are vessels that, that get the privilege to be his hands and feet, to be his voice. And, and he makes dead people come to life in him. Uh, and eventually the disciples caught up and we get these beautiful examples throughout Paul. Many years later in Acts chapter 17, we get a little picture of him preaching to a town who didn't want him preaching in Athens, and it works. The times of ignorance God overlooked is Acts 17, 30 through 34. Uh, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Now, when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from the midst, their midst. But some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysius, the Areopagite, and a woman named Damaris, and others with them. Some mocked, some wanted to hear more, and some believed. We just go out. And do what God sent us to do, and He will do what He is going to do. And it won't be easy necessarily, and it, it won't always play out how we think it might play out. But God is bringing His people to Him, and we can trust in that. It works. Last, same as Peter. In Acts 2, Peter the coward. Peter the don't you say that, Jesus. Peter the I will not claim association with Jesus to a slave girl by a campfire because I have no courage. Steps out into the town that crucified Jesus and says this to everybody. 
when he evangelized to the multitude of nations in Jerusalem in Acts 2. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized. And there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. The same Peter who likely led the You need to get something to eat, Jesus. Are we talking to Samaritan women now? When he finally saw Jesus in truth, now he is out there doing the same thing she was doing. Come see this man who is the water of life. And people are coming to Jesus because Jesus does that through imperfect servants even. So we want to see the world like Jesus sees the world. We want to keep it about Jesus above all else. And we want to remember that we can't save, but He does. And then we just want to rejoice and know that it all works because of the power of God. Before you break up into your groups to continue discussing the richness of this text and praying uh, and praying for each other, I want you to do one thing, a homework assignment. I'm a high school teacher. I want you to read Isaiah 55. And Isaiah 55 is just this beautiful, poetic promise of this truth that we say see playing out right here. God is so good and He's always telling His one singular story that it, that it costs nothing. It's all Him. And when we come to Him, uh, it's free. And when His Word goes out, it does not return void because it's His Word. So let us be filled with the love of Christ, just overflowing with the life He's given us, pouring it into other people so that we can be uh, that Romans 1, 16 Christian. Uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Amen.